Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Move it around a lot. That's obviously going to pick up noise. Yeah, up um, to you. I don't mind just leaving it here and kind of leaning in. Is this as high as it will go? I can put it on my knee, whatever. And it'll go a bit higher. Because I think if you just have them there yeah. and just sort of aim your voice towards it, sure, then that'll be all right. <clears throat> Mickey, will you do me a favor? Will you just tell them that we're going to do this interview and uh, please shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> please, thank you. No, yeah, just did it very <laughs> like. In a polite way. <laughs> He's telling them. The, he told the, me exactly what I said. <laughs> Those are my parents. Are they really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, they flew. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to meet them. You yeah. telling your own parents to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Via messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rock star. That's amazing. All right, Ryan. Um, it's time for some real talk. Uh, I'm ready. I, I want to open up just by stating, really, that I've had a sense of obligation towards you and a sense of guilt about this for almost two years to the day. Okay. The last time we did anything like this, sort of connected on a professional level when the microphones were on, was 2015, mm. around exactly this date in March, uh-huh. when you came in with Jarrett for people on vacation. Yeah. Obviously, you came in, you took the time to do this brilliant session, we did this fantastic interview. Uh, unbeknownst to me... 
that's my last day at work. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, my boss decided not to tell me, and that wasn't a standalone case either. There was like three or four other bands that I'd had in over the course of that week to record full band, in some cases, yeah. live sessions, booking interviews, doing all this stuff. So you and Jarrett leave the building, and I'm like, that went fantastic. I can't wait for their show we had tonight. A great time, yeah. It's going to be killer. And yeah. my boss goes, Matt, can I speak to you on the roof? And I went up onto the roof with this guy. And he just said, oh, okay, so you're going to L.A. tomorrow, and we just thought we'd tell you because it would be unfair to send you off on a holiday not knowing. Your contract's up at the end of this month, and we're not going to renew it. Mm. And I was like, okay, so why have I just been booking guests up yeah. until this very moment? Yeah. To They're taking their time out to record sessions and interviews yeah. that now are going to just be lost in the ether. So I wanted to just say sorry, first of all, because oh man, I felt like I kind of dropped the ball there and let you down. Yeah. And I haven't obviously been in a position until here and now, really, because I haven't had a platform in that same way mm -hmm. to support your music. So um, I wanted you to know that it's been on my mind. And I'm not just trying to start the interview off by trying to get a sympathy vote off you or well, anything no, like that. Man. I'm just trying to come clean and say that... I really dig what you do, and I've been a long-time friend and supporter of yours, and I feel like I've sort of been letting the side down my end. Not at so. all. Well, you know, thank you for saying that, first of all. You know, you know, I love you as a friend on a personal level. It's, it's nice whenever you, you know, I didn't know you until I was introduced to you when we came to visit you at a radio station. You know what I mean? So it's nice for me to have gone from that to, like, Facebook friends, uh -huh. you know what I mean, and you keep up with each other. Um, so we had known each other long enough up to that point where, when we found out after the fact, I think I messaged you like, "Oh my god, we, you know, we couldn't believe it." You know, we left the studio like that was so great. We felt really good about it. Well, I didn't want to tell you both because I didn't want to bum you out on your night. And I remember it was like the end of the night, and I was getting ready to go. Yeah, in the and dressing room. Like, yeah, in the dressing yeah. room. And I was like, "Oh God, I'm just going to have to tell you." Yeah, and you were both like, "What?" Yeah, we couldn't believe it. It was hard to process because we had had such a good day. You know, yeah, know. what I mean? And you too. Me too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very Fuckers. like, Whoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. It seems to be a story that is happening more and more often these days with radio and... And with musicians, right? And with musicians. You took the words out of my mouth. And I wanted to use that as a springboard, really, for this whole conversation. Um, I want some back, like backlog, backstory, okay. context first, though. Okay. Ryan Hamilton, tell me about your, your younger years. Okay. Um, you're sort of touching upon your childhood outside on the way into this, mm. this chat. But um, I guess set the scene for me, your family life, your upbringing... And yeah. your early musical introductions. Sure. So I grew up in a town called Saginaw, Texas, just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. It was a small Texas town. You know, American football is life there. You, That's just what everybody's into, you know. Neighborhood barbecues, everybody's drinking beer, you know, and then Friday night everybody goes to the football game. It's that. It's what you imagine. If you've ever seen the movie or the television show Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was my childhood. That was all the way through high school. It's very accurate. It's very accurate. Depiction. And were you a, a fan of sports? Were you gifted in that department? Did you fit in with that whole scene? <laughs> well, not really. You don't really have a choice, though. You're just like, right. well, this is what you do. You play, you're old enough to play football now, so you start playing football. Um, I didn't I mean I was I was okay but you really don't have a choice so you're going to be left out of the quote cool mm -hmm. group if you're not doing it so um you just kind of go with it all um it was never my favorite thing I was always 
you know, way more artistic leaning than a lot of my jock type friends. Um, and I always loved music, and my, I, was, I grew up in a house full of music, full of classic rock. Like From your dad, from your mom, from both? Uh, from both, but mostly from my dad. Uh, he just loves music. He grew up in a really great time for music. So um, getting, you know, like Led Zeppelin, you know, he was there when Led Zeppelin first, like, became a thing. You know, Led Zeppelin didn't exist. My dad was a kid, and then, oh, my God, Led Zeppelin. And that list goes on and on and on. The Who, you know, the Beatles. That, Fleetwood uh, Mac. Fleetwood Tom Mac, Pay. sure, all of it. Yeah, all of it. And um, he, he just loved it. He, you know, he got to see a lot of great bands back in the day that I'm really jealous of. Yeah, I can see the jealousy. Uh, yeah, oh, my God. Like, Leonard Skinner, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exterior. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dad. But, uh, yeah, come on. Uh, but, um, so that was obviously instilled in you then from a it, young age and has was. remained a constant throughout your adult life as well. Yes, and I think that uh, I know I loved that music when I was young, but I think that I also loved being able to hang out with my dad. And I think part of that really affected me. Like, well, this is the music my dad listens to, and I know if I educate myself, which is a strange thing to do. I was probably like eight five mm -hmm. years old eight years old and i was like i'm gonna, I'm gonna learn everything yeah i'm gonna learn everything about this when it was recorded who's on it the names of the band members and yeah i'm sure he thought it was so weird. you went deep i really did yeah, yeah. um but I, I still listen to that music now which is strange to me well my my friends were buying you know nine inch nirvana nails and... nirvana yeah depeche mode even um and i still bought of course i bought nirvana but i also bought you know foreigner <laughs> so i wasn't <laughs> 10 uh, years too late yeah, yeah just loving it yeah and i'm you know walking around singing uh, um hot-blooded or cold as ice you know what i mean and my friends are like what do you they have like you know eyeliner they're listening to hurt by nine inch nails or, and i'm like <laughs> you like what you like and I'm, <laughs> i guess so. i'm impressed by your your dedication and your kind of commitment to you know your your own scene which yeah. again without overreading it too much but it seems to have been a constant in your musical life as well as you know you're not out to try and fit in with whatever musically is happening right now you just want to yeah. forge your own voice by playing what you love true i got a little lost uh, for a little while i got kind of um invited into a world that i wasn't um i wasn't really a fan of musically but i was invited into this world and uh I think it's the only time, and it's been a couple of years now, that I didn't feel like I fit in or I was able to be me 100%. But, um, and I'm, I don't mean to be vague, it was like being in People on Vacation was a, a meeting in the middle of two di very different worlds. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of what made it special. I think so too, yeah. Because um, musically it has a very distinctive palette. Yeah, and that's obviously the the meeting of of yours and Jarrett's sensibilities mm -hmm. and songwriting. And I loved being in that band, you know, while it lasted. There were a lot of good times, and it really only got weird towards the end. But it was definitely a struggle for me to be able to stay the way you you just mentioned. And I wanted to really bad. I wanted to just be that guy and stay true to myself. Everybody does, you know. Uh -huh. But you start. But you get suckered in by the possibility of success, don't you? Of course, you? yeah, of course. Because the dream's obviously to make a living out of doing what you yeah. love. Yeah. And if you see that you can make that happen by perhaps making certain concessions, mm -hmm. then you're going to do it, mm -hmm. and you're going to live by, you know, 
yeah Isn't, example and then you can obviously make your mistakes and learn from that yeah isn't it funny how that works though you you can kind of see it you see it just in the distance there uh-huh. and you you get excited and then you leave a little bit of like okay maybe i wouldn't usually do this but it's just right there yeah you know i can almost taste it i know and it's funny how it um i, I can curse on this yeah you can say whatever it's the fuck it, you want okay great yeah. it's funny how it fucks with your mind in that way and that yeah it really did for me then well, I want to know more about that period, if that's all right. Yeah, we can, but, um, you can ask let's me go, anything. Let's go before that sure. to Smile, Smile. Okay. This is a period of your life I know nothing of, but <laughs> okay. I understand there was some difficulties with the, the industry mm. throughout that period, right? Mm-hmm. You've sort of touched on it, I think, in shows or something. I maybe heard you mention. Sure. Or maybe you post on Facebook once, I can't remember, but I sort of got a hint that that period in your life wasn't without its drama as well. Yeah. So tell me about Smile, Do you want to hear a story, Matt? I want to hear all the stories. Do you want to hear just the, yeah. the most insane thing you've ever heard in your life? I, well, I did just interview X Japan. <laughs> okay, but. well, okay. I can't quite go there. <laughs> but let's... This is a little bit of a sad story, but um, it's a, it was a great learning experience. So Smile, Smile. Uh, first successful band I've, I was ever in. Arguably the most successful thing I've ever done up to this point, even though we never really made it in the UK. We never toured over here. Most people don't know who that band is and then that's fine um so i was in that band with my fiance at the time her name is jency and jency and i were dating and started writing music together just at home and we sent some cds to radio stations i was like let's just see you know and we had a song on the radio before we even played a show and not just like college radio like on the radio some program director heard it in dallas and said this is incredible you know who are these people um, how would you describe the sound for anyone who hasn't heard it of that project? Sad. Right. Okay. But just like indie never, acoustic. Never heard that genre yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah, sad. That's yeah. the genre. Yeah. Just like really, um, it, it was pretty. It was like. Like Elliot Smith kind of sad? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, our first show ever was opening for Ryan Adams. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so um, very much in that world. Yeah. Introspective singer songwriter. Yes. Uh, so that just kind of went off on its own thing in a hurry we weren't prepared it was the coolest thing ever though so we get like catapulted into this whole world that we had always wanted to be in she had been in her different bands i had been in a college band that was terrible you know foreigner covers <laughs> it kind of yeah <laughs> <laughs> look what the cat dragged in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good to learn so um before we know it we're on tour you know we're selling a lot of cds and selling out clubs right and then um we get signed right it's the whole deal you think we did it you know um we got what, signed. at what age are you at this point um i was in my early 20s okay so it's been you know a decade ago now which is weird to me i'm getting old what am i you doing and me both brother what you am i doing <laughs> we look good though we're like we fine do we get yeah, that with it. i totally agree <laughs> um so yeah, we get signed, and then it, it steps up another level, and we're touring with huge bands. Uh, we did two U.S. tours with Metric. We um, are Metric big over here. I know who they are. I don't okay. know how well they do. Um, yeah, the, but maybe I'm not really in that world myself. That's okay. So yeah. they were they're kind of indie rock, right? Yeah, they're a Canadian yeah. band um, that's a big deal in the U.S. But I guess we kind of operated in that same world because neither one of those bands really came over here. I don't think. Um, anyway, it was the whole thing, like partying with celebrities, that whole world. Go on, who did you party with? 
Um, I did smoke a joint with Woody Harrelson. Wow. Uh, yeah. At, he loves uh, the weed, doesn't he? It was funny. He does because we went we went to a party at, and not to name drop, but you asked. I so, did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we went to a party at, I'm going to forget his name. This is one of my favorite stories, but um, it's for another time because my mom and dad might hear this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> we went to a party at the guy who created Napster's house. Right. What is his name? And he, I can see him with the baseball cap. I can't remember. Anyway, so we go to this party. It's like, you know, celebrities. Where is it? San Francisco? No, it's in New York. New York. Yeah. Um, it's just a ridiculously huge house. And Isn't they, it weird how in the celebrity world, just really unlikely characters come together in the middle, don't yes. they? Yes. You think you'd never be friends in normal life. Yeah. There's that kind of magnetism of the celebrity pull. Yes. That brings all these freaks and weirdos together. Yes. And I was amazed at the group of, like, the group of famous people together it's like do you guys all call each other like do you have meetings how do you all know (laughs) yeah how do you all know you're gonna be here but they came to see our show in new york um we were on tour with metric Uh, anyway we went so we went to this party and people were standing in a line and woody harrelson was at the end of the line and you would just take one hit with him like a blowback no, he was no. sharing a joint. Right. He had an actual joint. Right. Like in the middle of the living room. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I just got in line. Oh, and you just walk like along, a, you go, hi, Woody, you have a drag, and then yeah. you let the next person have one. Yeah. That's not weird at all. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And he goes, oh, good show. I was like, man, thanks, man. Nice. You know, here you go. Next. next. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. But I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the kind of world you're operating in, and it's exciting, and yeah. it's tantalizing, yes. and it's obviously like you know foreign yes well we end up on a tour bus for the first time which was great it's the i thought that was the coolest thing ever again uh with my fiance so we're we're together and it's a difficult transition um because you you got to quit your job or you're like waiting tables you got to get time off and so yeah, it's you scary. Gotta get a job that you can leave yeah. And then maybe come back to. Yeah. You can't get a career going alongside the music, can you? Cause... No. It, and we um, we found that part difficult. But uh, I'll try and make this a little bit quicker. No, you don't need to. We're in no rush. Okay. Just, just uh, let uh, the story unfold as it unfolds. So the, the people that don't know the story are going to be like, what? Is that real? And then, yes, this has all really happened. It's in the newspapers. Um, uh my mom has the clippings saved somewhere, which is silly to me. Cause I'm I thought married, you were about to say your mom has something else. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, we're on tour. All of this is happening, like smile, smile. You know, this is becoming this fairly big deal, at least in like the indie underground world. Um, and we're on tour, and Jincy sleeps with someone else. Okay, and not in a sneaky way, like you know, at a party. Um, is everything between you, as far as you're concerned, all right leading up to that? Or is yeah. there cracks um, and distance sort of beginning to So I noticed form? The, the stress of the transition. You know, uh, she was working in an office. She quit that job and got a job waiting tables. I was already waiting tables. Um, so there was this, like, it just feels weird. If you've never made that transition before, it's very difficult. But if you really believe in something and you love it... Uh, you got to go for it or it's just going to it's going to stay a hobby um and we were both of that mindset it's a leap of faith isn't it it is and it's terrifying so i i noticed that kind of stuff starting to happen 
it was just a lot of stress and but it was mixed with the success and the business that we've dreamed of you know what i mean just forever so it's starting to happen uh it's just a weird cocktail of like bipolar up you're up you're down there's all this so when that happened there were a few cracks but i never expected that uh, where it starts to get weird is... Did you know the guy? Yep. He was another musician. And uh, I knew about it as soon as it happened. And then she brought him on tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I should have just gone home. I should have been like... But I couldn't because my dreams were coming true. So now I'm on tour. And she, used to, she still would wear the engagement ring. I'm on tour with my fiancé. And the guy she's having in a... Fair. It's not really an affair because we weren't married, but it felt it felt like that. And um, you know, they would get in the same bunk every night on the bus, kind of a thing. And I'd wow, just, yeah, and sleep across. You know, I tried my best. You've been on a tour bus before, mm-hmm. but you can't really get that far away. It was just terrible. It really was terrible. Um, What's your crew sort of doing? What's their response to this? Are Nobody they, knows just, what to say. They just, this is too awkward, we're staying out Yeah, everybody gets kind of quiet. Um, Do you have your own sort of like homeboy or best friend that you can confide in and kind of go and hang out mm-hmm. with them? Mm-hmm. So you do have someone there to yeah. sort of little, alleviate some of the yeah, trauma. But, yeah, and the, but those conversations were really like, you know, we would go have coffee, we'd be in the next city, we'd go sit down and it's just like, I can't even believe this. Like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I, I, I when you want something as bad as I want to play music for a living, you don't cancel a tour. You don't, especially when it's like get that much momentum. So, uh, we finished that tour. Thank God. And do you never want to kick this guy's ass by the way? Of course I do. Um, every day. Duh. <laughs> yeah. It, and it would but just again, like, you don't want to boil my blood, rock the boat and spoil the tour from, yeah. She's walking around Reaching holding hands. Man. And it had kind of started before. They hadn't slept together until that party. I, um, or so I was told. But apparently they had been kind of chatting up until that point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that happens. We, we finish the tour. And, of course, it's like, get out of the house, you know, <laughs> all that whole thing. Get all your shit and go. And she moved in with him. They got a place together. Are they um, still together to this day? Uh, you not, no. Not no, here's, not. What, here's what's funny. A lot right. of people don't know this. Um, and this is just kind of a side point. They got engaged. Uh-huh. And then um, she went out on tour and started hooking up with someone else. Uh, no, it's even <laughs> no, better. Even better than that. Well, yeah. So. <clears throat> you dodged a bullet then, it sounds like. They're planning their wedding, mm-hmm. okay? They send out wedding invitations. Um, some people are going to hear this and just shit. Uh, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> this is part of the story I don't ever tell. Uh, so they send out their wedding invitations. Uh, she even called me on the phone, I remember. Do you want to be invited to the wedding? <laughs> I was like, sure, invite me to the wedding. I'd love to be there. There's no way I was going to that wedding. Anyway, um... About a week before the wedding, the invitations had all gone out. I got mine. Um, this guy sits her down and says, I can't. I can't do this. I'm gay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
and he and was good a- for him. I guess he was actually gay. He wasn't just using that as a get out clause. He He's- was um, wondering. Okay, if he wasn't sure. Either he wasn't way sure. He yeah, but he they called off the wedding. Um, <laughs> I think that yeah, I think the conversation was more like I think I'm gay, right? right yeah, right, I need right. to go figure out. Yeah, if, yeah, I got to work some things out. Yeah, and you know, this is a movie, man. This is a movie. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess uh, it, and it's going to get better in about two minutes. Okay. So that's side note. And um, man, if if you, I don't want to say his name. If you hear this, I'm sorry. If maybe you're in love now, maybe you met some man in San Francisco, and <laughs> and things are great. So I'm sorry if that causes any drama for that person. Um, Okay, so let's. We're but back. You we're did the, kind of sleep with my fiance. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. and do you know he lives in San Francisco? Or are you just going on the that's the stereotype. No, he did. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> knife in there. Yeah. No, he totally no. moved to San Francisco. Right, right, right. That he actually makes did. sense. That's where they go. I'll go there. Yeah, brilliant. Oh my god, <laughs> so, you really can't make this up. No, you can't. So. <laughs> Okay, we're now we're back. Let's bring it back. Every plot twist it just gets better. Yeah, so smile, smile, tour ends. Those two move in together. Uh, I start writing these really um, like sad, angry songs about what she did to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I decide I write one that's really good, right? And then I decide I'm going to email it to her. So I do, and you know, I was just a mess at this point. I send her the song, like, take that, you know what I mean? I'm going to show her. Um, and then I'm checking my email, you know, every hour. Like, did she get it? What's she going to do? Um, she didn't get upset at all. What she did was, and it's kind of the ultimate comeback, I guess. What she did was she wrote and recorded a piano part, put it on top of what I sent her and emailed it back. And that was her response, just like, eh, good song, here's a piano part, right? And did it improve the song? It did. Wow. Um, so that at that point I never went like okay well this needs to be an album I was just like okay well I'm gonna write another one you know that one didn't have the effect well 10 or 12 songs later are you ramping up the aggression and the hate every time as well oh my god and and there's songs about how she cheated on me and what she did and um uh one really angry song I just remembered it started with like uh, you're not forgiven for what you've done. Yeah. Opening line. Yeah. Have some of that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. here's some cello. Yeah, pretty much. Here's a pretty, <laughs> let me just put some, let me tickle the You ivories. didn't keep sending her the songs and she kept sending them back with added parts. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, no communication other than that nope. as well. Just here's a song. Yeah. And she's like, well, here's a better song. Yeah. With my bit in it. Yeah, it's better now. Come again. Yeah. Bring, bring on another And you one. do a whole album like that. Well, we do what... Uh, our label at the time was like, what are we going to do now, right? And I actually... I really don't remember. I wasn't in a mental place to even go down this path. I don't remember how the label got hold of yeah, at least some of those songs. I guess Jensie may have sent them. Because um, they were probably asking her, what is going on? We need another record. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> right? We might have something. Yeah, well, there's this, right? So my manager at the time, Tammy, uh, called me, and she said, Ryan, we've heard these songs. 
can you guys do this? Like, we think this is something, but we want to be able to Well, tell this is Fleetwood Mac rumors. It is, with less cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Um, less. Less. Yeah. Not uh, no. <laughs> so, um, I, again, we're back to the, I want to be successful, I'm going to do whatever it takes, right? So I told her on the phone, like, yeah, whatever, let's go. So we went and we re-recorded all of those songs one of them, it's an album called Truth on Tape. One of the songs um, is the original recording from one of the emails. Uh, I think it's called Labor of Love. <laughs> so dramatic. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But um, that turned into the most successful thing I've ever done. We had a uh, Hit Partly single. because of the story and the press yeah. around it, or because the songwriting was at that level of greatness as well. The songs were both. good, but it was uh, just that press around it was. Yeah, you never knew what was going to happen at the shows too. She'd walk off stage in the middle. I mean, I'm literally. I, sometimes I would turn my microphone and face her and look right at her, so the, the audience was looking at my profile, and I'm singing at her. You cheated on me, you know what? And dude, new fiance is side stage. I'd see, yeah, <laughs> I'd see. Of course he is. Yeah, I'd see him texting out of, his buddies, oh going, "Am I? Aren't I? Yeah. Why am I still here?" Yeah, you would think, <laughs> but he's over there, like with a drink. I can see him there with his drink, you know, just kind of bobbing his head along. Yeah, yeah all right, you guys are doing good. It was the You're weirdest. Just working it out. Just yeah. working it out. Oh my god. So um, that's a fantastic story. Thank you. And you can't it, write that. No, but that I tell people all the time that band had an expiration date. You know, yeah. You can't do that for a long time. But uh, Jarrett used to come see Smile Smile. Right. That's what happened. He wanted to come see if Chinsy was going to, you know, throw something at me during a set, which happened sometimes. Um, she unplugged her piano cable once or twice and would roll it up like a frisbee and just hurl it at me. Just and then just kind of <laughs> right off stage, no big deal. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I met Jarrett because he would come see us. What's uh, your relationship with Jincy? Is it sorry? Yeah, What's Jincy. your relationship with her now? Is there any communication? The only time we communicate, uh, people still ask to use Smile Smile songs in movies and television commercials and things like that. So it's still making you money. It is, yeah. Nice. It still makes me more money than anything else. Really? Yeah. Um, but only because it's such a. It just fits well with movies. Those mm-hmm. songs yeah, do. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, breakup yeah. scene or whatever. So yeah. it's been very um, lucrative in that way. Uh, where I, <laughs> where I get angry is I still have to give the record label and the management and those people. Like I went through that thing and it was a real thing that happened and it was terrible. And they're still like, um, you know, sorry, I am cuts. laughing a lot. It is a terrible. Thing. No, it's I'm laughing. It's but, funny to me now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you can't make this kind of thing up. So, um, the record label still wants their cut. They still whatever. Well, we're to a point now, a decade later, right? This is probably what you saw on Facebook, where I in my contract, um, I'm done. I've been done. I've paid them back, which band, some bands never do. I've paid them back and then some. Um, and I was told. Because they still have my songs. They get any iTunes sales, anything like that. They're getting it. It's going to them. All of it. All of it. I don't make a penny off any of that. I have to get a song in a movie to even get a piece of any of that. And it's still a pretty small piece compared to the money that's being thrown around. So I started to get an attorney involved and whatever. and uh, But I hadn't quite gotten them involved yet. I was like, let me just email them myself and be like, guys, you know this is wrong. It's been 10 years. 
I've satisfied everything I need to. I want all of the money that is owed to me to start coming my direction. And they said, um, you're right, you have satisfied your contract, and, you know, we agree, but you'll have to take us to court to get it. And I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to spend the years of my life to do that. I I can't really afford an attorney for that long, even if I found someone that was like, oh, I'll do this for free, and then maybe you'll make a lot of money and I'll get some of it, you know? I just don't want to deal with it. It's not worth it to me. I am exactly the same with my the accident that I had. A lot mm-hmm. of my friends were like, you're not going to try and get some compensation. Like, you got discharged from hospital with a broken spine. Yeah. And th- obviously the case is there, and I'd probably win, but it's like, I don't want to relive that mm. and stay stuck in that mind frame. I want to move forward and onwards. Yeah. And to do that, I have to just put it to the side and just yeah. crack yeah. on. Yeah, you do have to. You have to, like, okay... I can't even think about it's it. It's more for too important, long. isn't it? Your yeah. well-being, your happiness is more important than the money. Yeah, it is, and it's a hard thing when you think, uh, you know, I could use this money. That could be a lot of money, um, but it is a hard thing, as you probably know, to just kind of put aside and go, "Well, that's done now." Yeah. What's next? What am I going to do? Yeah, it's tough, man. I. That was that. Still to this day, it's left a very bad taste in the record label world for me um has that informed the way you've gone about doing your business this time mm-hmm. then yes like very consciously not as much as the negative experience i had with people on vacation <laughs> which we'll get to next <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but um very quickly there's a photo of you and your old partner uh Jinsey. that's a weird uh, name um and you've got writing all over you mm-hmm. now there was a, a similar shot used for a, a campaign recently who was it um, it's, well, it's been a few. Uh, five seconds of summer. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they totally ripped us off. Yeah, yeah. We start. That was another thing that started getting shared a bunch. Um, <clears throat> that the writing on us is from the music video for Truth on Tape, and ended up being used as the cover for Truth on Tape. So it's not like it's a photo that nobody's ever seen. Yeah, like, yeah. That album sold fairly well in America. Um, we were really shocked when we saw it and I was just like well, come on man at least try <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. that that band if you go and look if you google search their album covers or press shots they've done it a lot I think it's kind of their thing right okay uh, so it's sort of the tip of the hat yeah it felt like that in the end right. um, originally I was like get an original mm-hmm. yeah, idea yeah, yeah. come on man but um, now they've copied you know My Chemical Romance there's a long list there Avenged Sevenfold I think um and smile, and, smile. And this sad little band from <laughs> Texas, yeah. So <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so what year does that band come to an end, and are you then sort of at a, a, a musical junction in your life, or are you and Jarrett already sort of connecting, collaborating, mm. whilst that thing's still winding down? Uh, so we actually did one more record after Truth on Tape called Marry a Stranger. Oh, wait, you did another? Yeah. Marry a Stranger. Yeah, uh, and that single did well. Uh, the song Marry a Stranger um, which was uh, you know kind of a tip of the hat if you will <laughs> to the previous album just like you know, I think the chorus is uh, I think I'll marry a stranger it seems so much safer than going through the whole damn thing again Got that's you. right yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so that did fairly well but we knew that that was going to be the last one um, Bowling for Soup invited us on tour and well Jarrett did and um I told him no. <laughs> I originally was just like, mm-mm, not a good fit, man. I don't know how long this band's going to keep going. Like, let's not. 
but he uh, called me on the phone. We had we had like exchanged email addresses. We weren't really friends at this point, and he called me, so it was actually kind of cool for me. I'm like, oh, the singer from Bowling for Soup is calling me on the phone, and was like, you got to go. Just trust me. You have to go on this tour. Our fans are going to love you, and um, we went, and they did love us. We had the best time. And that's when Jarrett and I became friends. That's when he was like, let's write some songs together. Uh, and then um, Smile Smile just kind of faded into the sunset. And there I was with Jarrett writing songs. And we originally were going to write songs for other people. That's what we wanted to do. But I think he saw me bandless. And he had already started thinking about what Bowling for Soup's next chapter was going to be. I know this because we had that conversation. Um, and I think the uncertainty of each other's futures kind of led to us going, let's try this. Who knows? Maybe this will be something fun. And that is how People on Vacation started. And I think a lot of people, um, especially in England, they think that uh, Jarrett kind of picked me out of obscurity. Uh-huh. Because the two worlds, obviously, are so far apart, aren't they? Yeah. Ryan Adams and Bowling for Soup. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's not much crossover there. But then there kind of is. There is. Once you sort of learn. When they they meet, you're like, oh, a fan of that can quite easily be a fan of that. But you wouldn't necessarily associate those two scenes with coexisting. Yeah. And Jarrett and I um, love a lot of the same music. Uh, We... uh, I really hate a lot of the music he likes and him some of my stuff like you know sad folksy singer songwriter he doesn't listen to that um but yeah there's definitely some common ground there is what I'm getting at um and, and yeah that's he as people now will now know he used to come see my old band right yeah how much of the story of what happened with him and with people on vacation is public knowledge or knowledge of perhaps people who are interested in you? Uh, have they hardly sort of, any. Have they asked? No, it's, it's, it's like they're afraid to talk about it. Right. Because mm. it's kind of weird for me because you know Jarrett's a friend of mine. Yeah. And you're a friend of mine. Mm. And I didn't really ever sort of know. I haven't spoken to him about it at yeah. all. He won't um, talk about it. He won't talk about it at all. Mm. I haven't... Um, so I'm just going to ask you now yeah, if you're fine. all right with it. Yeah, I don't care. So you are um, on tour bowling for soup. There's like a heavy sigh. From <laughs> yeah, the bandmates Rob and Mickey. Like, oh, here we go. We're going. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, what went down? Uh, okay, so whatever version you want to tell me, I'll, I'll say it in a way that is not um, does not shed any sort of negative light in a, a personal attacking kind of way right I'll just give you the nuts and bolts because mm-hmm. um, I think that's fair yeah. there's two sides to every story yeah, yeah. right and I just for the record I wish no ill will towards Jarrett or any of that camp I still talk to Eric you know fairly often Eric and I used to be roommates um, so I got nothing but love for that band where I take issue is behind the scenes the operation the business side the um, how much money can we make and this isn't all Jarrett. This is the people running the show. Um, and they they operate, operated, currently operate, whatever, in a very successful world. They're used to certain things being a certain way, which I was not used to. and made me really uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. So, Because um, there's pressure with that. Yeah, and I think that they thought that they were just going to take people on vacation and plug them into that same system. 
tour bus, you know, whatever. And I'm like, why are we spending money on a tour bus? Um, we need to be in a van right now. We're playing for like, you know, a hundred people in Glasgow or whatever. And we're rolling up in this tour bus. It was just, it felt silly to me. That's what you were doing then. So that's how it started. <laughs> yeah, that's where I started to have some problems no i mean that's how people on vacations oh. kind of touring yes. career started is yes. turning up to on these kind bus. of hundred cap shows in like a double decker nightline yes like, and i'm getting with told, the two of you on it yeah well <laughs> and then mickey and rob yeah, yeah. who are here now um but uh i didn't well i guess the first two was acoustic yes it was just me and Jarrett and eric and whoever but um i'm getting phone calls because i'm emailing like we don't need a bus this is stupid and then my phone would ring. Uh, well, you know, Jarrett, you know, probably really needs that bus. Jarrett would never tell me that personally. I got other people telling me, you know, who are trying to keep him happy, who are probably used to that. So I don't fault them. That it's their job to make sure that crew's happy. But um, do you think he's going to them? I don't want to stir it up too much, but I'm just interested. Do you think he's going to them and saying, "I'm not really comfortable with not having a bus. I don't really want to tell Ryan because he's my friend." Can you guys do it? Or are they just going, now nah, we got to have him looked after? Yeah, I think it's them doing that. I don't think... Because that's, the, again, the business side. Yeah, I think that they were all... Because they've been a band for a long time. I think that they were all accustomed to doing things a certain way. Yeah. And um, I was this new guy. Throwing his weight around, making these requests, <laughs> demands. Yeah, yeah, well... Which is for less. Uh, yeah, I was making like, demands for less. Yeah. yeah. Um, and trying to be more economical and uh, yeah, efficient. Yeah, Um and just that's the perfect example, actually. There were just several things like that that started to kind of um, muddy the water for me, if you will. Did you ever speak to Jarrett direct? No. No. Uh, we would. I would st sort of bring it up, and then he, in his very Jarrett way would be like, you know, man, just stick with me. This is going to be great. Just trust me. You know, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And, we're... and I really... Um, just fell into that whole thing 100% I was excited I was happy I thought it was going to be this big thing and then um, well the two of you had a great on stage chemistry which obviously stems from your friendship yeah thanks and man the, the rapport and the humour was was a huge part yeah. of this the specialness yeah and he was the best man at my wedding like you yeah know, yeah yeah I, I really loved that dude and I still have love in my heart for him even though we don't speak um, so take the business side of it, right? That that was already on my mind. Yeah. Um, and then real life happened. Uh, I'll try and say it like the in a, sort of a vague way where you understand, because I don't want to speak too much for Jarrett. Okay. Um, actually, it's it's kind of public. He talks about it and sings about it. Jarrett went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a big secret. Um, and that's never easy. You know, especially when you have children involved. And um, it was really hard for him because divorces are expensive and time-consuming. And, you know, like I said, there were kids involved, so it was difficult. So I watched this guy um, who I loved, who was my best friend, not know what to do and start to... Um, when you say not know what to do, do you mean in his career, in his life, in everything? All of it. It right. was, uh, and I felt like I was having to kind of, and then you have these people behind the scenes, like I mentioned before, trying to keep him on track, and we need him to do this. Ignoring that, the issues as well. Yeah, people got bills to pay. 
you know and i understand that but this man was just you know and he'd never admit it you've met him it's his personality but he he was barely hanging on he really was i can't tell you how many nights and i was right beside him we would drink until you know we just you just pass out you know and and it would start out really fun and then it would get really um emotionally dark right and then mm. people would just kind of fall asleep so it's a weird scene it's like something out of Californication. You ever seen that show? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been through that stuff, you know, myself as well. So I know exactly what you. Yeah. So I'm trying to be. His, to. Yeah, I'm trying to be his best friend and be right there with him. But he was just lost. Yeah. So then, all of the um, temptations of tour that are always there are around, and um, for a newly divorced, you know famous singer uh that's really tempting and and i get that and that's all i'll say about that there's a lot of pizza on offer is what you're saying yeah (laughs) well (laughs) you know that's the other thing so he he just stopped taking care of himself you know he um and i don't think anybody should be mean to him because he looks different now but um it's it's if you, you think about it, you get you. Sometimes people stop caring. They get sad. They get yeah, depressed. Yeah, you you eat more. You drink more. You don't take care of yourself, and it affects your body, especially when you get to a certain age. So, um, I start trying to save him. You know, uh, that's where it all really got, ironically, bad, because I was like, and. You know, Mickey and Rob would would tell you I'm scrambling. I had to kind of fill them in after the fact because I'm like trying to email Jarrett myself and and help him. Um, it's hard as well because having been in a similar position myself and kind of almost in a similar position now with a friend of mine, sometimes people don't want to be helped because they're in denial that mm-hmm. they have a problem, and yeah. that's really hard as well. Then yeah, because I've he- been on both sides of the fence there, and that's when friendships can really run into trouble, isn't it? Yeah. And what ended up happening is that business world that I was not a fan of um, and my attempts to save my best friend, those two just collided head on. They wanted things to be a certain way and continue operating in a certain way. And I wanted my best friend back. It was like dealing with a different person. And he did some stuff that really, really hurt me. Um said or did or both um both he would just get um he would drink a lot there's that's not a secret that bowling for soup like to drink a lot I've, i'm the same still um but when you're going through something so intense you get drunk and your emotional state is very different because it you all become kind of, a bad drunk yeah it all exactly and it all kind of bubbles to the surface, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he would say some mean stuff and I would just chalk it up to that. You know, I knew what was going on with him. A lot of people didn't really see what I got to see. And like just me and him at his house, you know? And, um, it was, it was difficult, but, um, those two worlds, the business side, the behind the scenes, we need Jarrett to be like this and do this. We have this show. We need to make this much money. And so-and-so's and I'm, you know, I want to just go, stop, what are you doing? Come on, give the guy a chance. Um, 
but then he's going through his divorce and whatever else and that's expensive he needs to make money i get that too and there just wasn't really ever an opportunity um i don't know if you remember we had to postpone a people on vacation tour at one point yeah i remember that we postponed, yep. and that's this is why this is all this is happening yeah um that was the one like okay we're postponing this tour um and you know people are probably going to find out for the first time that's right now that that's why we postponed it but we had to um and i thought that would give us enough time to kind of figure it out and fix it but it just didn't um just kind of kept being the same and to a point where and i don't know if you've ever been here you try so hard and you love someone that much that you want to fix them right that you get frustrated with them and you're like what the fuck are you doing come on so it got there and we started being mean to each other. And um, even though it really did come from a place of love and respect, I looked up to him. It's like a big brother. Um, it ended up just kind of imploding. And, you know, I gave him a pass because he was going through some stuff. So some of the things that he did and said, I chalked it up to that. But maybe that's where I messed up. Maybe in that moment I should have been like, that's not okay. You know, don't do that again. Instead of just being like, get it out of your system, right? I understand. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, I just, you know, he sent me an email that said, "I will never make music with you again." Kind of an email, and um, I, because I was telling him like, uh, I'll tell you this. This may be a bit of an overshare, but I'm just going to tell you. So. I emailed our manager at the time and I said uh, because we said we were going to stay in touch with each other he was worried about Jarrett I was worried about Jarrett and he was like let's have our own conversation over here to the side and just kind of keep tabs and make sure he's okay It, it was from a healthy place so I emailed our manager at the time and said I'm really frustrated um, and then I gave him a list of things Jarrett had done that were not cool. <laughs> and I drugged some other people into it. He did this to so-and-so. Here's all of these things that I've witnessed. It was three or four things. Um, just to try and show... I keep trying to not say his name. Trying to show our manager, like, uh, look, I'm not just being dramatic, which I can be, admittedly, uh, Here's some real examples. This is not okay. Like, I'm worried. Uh, and I'm frustrated. What the fuck? Like, help. Um, and our manager, instead of responding to me, forwarded that email to Jarrett and just said, can you handle this? I'm tired of Ryan. Ryan's getting on my nerves. And then the shit. Threw you under the bus. Yeah. And is the this shit it's just... Jarrett's long-term manager, so he feels like an allegiance to Jarrett. Course, yeah. yeah. And you... You cannot, and I'm always wanting to see both sides of the story. Um, you cannot deny the success of Bowling for Soup, and you cannot deny the um, the great business mind on this person that we're talking about because he's great. He can he's shown several times that he can take a band and turn them into a big deal, make lots of money, and have lots of success. So I get that, but um, that email just forwarding it and whatever that was kind of the final straw for Jarrett 
And then I started with some emails. You have to understand where this is coming from. I love you. You know, I want to do this. Fuck the band. I was even like, at some at one point, I don't even care. Go do Bowling for Soup. I'll do my own thing. I had plans at that point anyway to do it. Um, they were going to do the farewell tour and all of that. Like, um, anyway, uh, that email conversation of him being like, what the fuck? You know, not cool. Why are you telling him I'm doing this stuff? Um, he felt like I broke his trust, I guess. And that email conversation ended up with him saying, I will never make music with you again. Um, and there are a few emails after that, like I'm drunken, I miss you, whatever. And then we just kind of stopped talking to each other. And, um, if anyone else has heard anything behind the scenes, late night backstage at a Bowling for Soup show about me, uh, I'm yet to hear one thing that is actually true or accurate. I'm, not, I'm a good, honest, hardworking person. What I tried to do was help my friend. And even if the way I did it pissed a manager off and um, my... Now and felt like, from Jarrett's point of view, you betrayed him when it came from a yeah. place, as you say, of love. Of course. That, and that is, that's the nuts and bolts of it. And that I'm actually, I feel proud of myself for not being like, he did this and he did... You know, I, I get it. I totally get it. I still miss the dude sometimes. I don't appreciate some of the gossip um, backstage late night after shows. But, you know. There's who, something about fucking touring. Yeah. And that scene, isn't it? That You know, I love Jarrett and I'm not going to like attack him in any way. But yeah. um, there's something, going back to the thing with your fiance. Mm. There's just something fucking weird about touring. Yes. There is. And there's something weird about the people around people who are in bands you know having sort of looked at this whole world from my unique outsider eye mm. and having been inside tours and around people like the people making music nine times out of ten their intentions are pure mm. they're sincere mm. they're honest it's all the other stuff around it the hangers yeah. on the business people yes that's what for me it's an essential part of making it all happen but also mm. what corrupts and ruins a lot of it for me yeah no you i couldn't agree more actually because it creates an environment uh where and then you throw booze and drugs into the mix as yes. well and yeah and everybody's talking right but you don't you get a little bit of a buzz or whatever you don't realize who's listening and then those people go off and talk to some people and and it's it, chinese whispers and the facts yes, become diluted yes. or morphed completely into lies <laughs> yeah. well well you're left with nothing to do except drink and hang out and talk and if you don't do that well, like now people sit on couches and play on their phones mm -hmm. you know what yeah, i mean yeah 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 but it's even worse uh, yeah yeah you're still kind of doing <laughs> the same to thing the bitching and the... <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um there's really nothing to do backstage during tour except you know, uh, shoot the shit and drink and or eat and talk. Everybody's talking all the time. It's all this talking. Um, so yeah. Will you ever? Do you see yourself being friends with um, Jarrett again? I don't think so. He really? Um, yeah, just because. That's a firm no. Yeah, I just um, because of the way some stuff has gone on in the past couple of years. Um, I my exit from that world was not pretty, right. um, and it wasn't anything directed at him. I, I was just well, let's take it back to the business side of things. There's a ceiling, right? And they don't ever want 
anybody underneath. And I get this. If you take a business plan and you implement it here, I get it. They don't want, let's just, I'm going to use the word company. They don't want another company to ever exceed their company, right? Even if they support it. Even if it's like, uh, to me, it's like Starbucks and the independent coffee shop, right? I was the independent. It's fine to exist alongside it. Yes. Until it gets to a certain level and then they go, exactly. oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, I said I wanted to go make a solo record. I want to do all these things, you know. At this point, wanting to involve said management company in your plans or no? I wanted out. You wanted to completely. Complete, right, right, I right, called right. him on the phone and, and I said, this is what I want to do. You know, I just want to make sure I'm, a, I'm allowed, really, contractually and whatever. Right. Uh, free and clear. He actually couldn't have been cooler in that moment. Um, and I got, I was free to do whatever, go do whatever you want, right? And I did. And um, I was happy to do it because I was free of that, that ceiling. Um, I could do anything I wanted at any pace that I wanted. Um, but it really pissed some people off because there were some other people that were like, you can't do that. Did you ask me if that was okay? You know, it's like, I don't have to ask you if that's okay. I'm, who are you? You know, and it's the same people that were, you know, Jarrett needs a bus. Jarrett, it all kind of comes all the way back around to, to them just doing what they were used to doing for a really long time. Um, but my, yeah, my exit from that world really upset some people because I think they were so used to doing things a certain way and not being allowed to do other things. And then I went like, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm doing whatever I want now. Um, and I did and started to have some success. And, um, and now having more success than ever. And um, yeah, that f to bring it all the way back around, that firm no is because of what has gone on because I have, in some ways, not I don't have Bowling for Soup record sales, you know what I mean? But in some ways, I have broken through that ceiling. Um, and as I'm sure you understand the world you operate in, others, there are a lot of other people out there, let's call them competitors, that do not want you to be successful. They want the success, and they see other people having it, and they get upset. Um, and I want to sometimes I want to show those people my bank statement. I'm like, you're upset. I'm eating noodles some weeks, you know, and I, it just baffles me. So, um, I'm right there with you. Having just moved home with my mother. <laughs> yeah. Cause my financial situation is that tight and, you know, launching this podcast and doing this and not seeing, well, the opposite of support for yeah. many of my peers. So yeah. I get it. I get that. It's uh, hard. That kind of, it's a weird industry, isn't it? In that mm. sense, I was actually speaking to another like fellow presenter earlier on because he's been showing the podcast some support, and I'm like, you're kind of the only person who has, mm. and so thank you because yeah. a, a lot of the other people around us seem to, and I get it as well. I can see it from everyone else's side because, like, you know, I'm in it, and there's not enough jobs for everyone. There just mm. isn't. So people are really protective over like yeah. every little job that's around, and then that breeds a certain hostility and. Yeah jealousy yeah and it's bullshit but what it i love is. about how, the way you operate and conduct not just your band and your business operation but just your how you operate as a man in the mm. world is you know you're all about shining a light of positivity yeah. and happiness yeah and i couldn't be more proud of you as like oh, a kind of a friend 
to go from that and this isn't me saying anything bad about Jarrett and yeah. I want to make that clear because yeah. he is my friend and yeah. I love that guy and he's you know he's been a great friend to me but the way you've gone from obviously being treated kind of badly by that camp to mm. deal with it with such integrity thank you and just push forward and go all I can focus on is my own thing and by making myself happy and doing mm. what I love thanks man and not being a, a fucking bitch about it yeah. do you know what I mean it's, it was hard it's still hard but I really do appreciate you saying that because a lot, I don't think a lot and of And thanks for opening up about it as well because yeah, I know that... My pleasure. I hope that um, people finally hearing some truth about that situation helps and flip side of that coin doesn't piss too many Bowling for Soup fans off. Yeah, yeah. Because I love them. I, yeah. still, I really do love a lot of that crew still. I still talk to a lot of them. But, man, it's been hard. Like well, it's the, sad for me. It's sad because you two guys were, you know, as you said, best friends. And yeah, that's sad. Yeah, I can't. Eat. We had to take our wedding photos down. Holly, my wife Holly, because Jarrett's right there with me, and you know, it it just upset me to see him. That sucks. That's something people probably don't think about. Yeah, um, yeah. So it wasn't. It was a big deal. You know, it wasn't just some little. You know, well, you proposed to Holly on stage with Bowling for Soup. I did. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know. So it's brought you the, some happiness, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Lots I'm, of happiness. Yes, and I'm forever grateful for every opportunity people on vacation provided. Um, first trip to the UK, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I got to meet my wife over here. Um, and yeah, people on vacation was something we started together, but I'm not too proud to admit that Jarrett is a big reason why people started to know my name in the United Kingdom and um, even though a lot of those people have fallen to the wayside now because I'm not their uh, conduit <laughs> to Jarrett anymore <laughs> which I understand I've been that guy before as a teenager at a show you know you see he's like a roadie can you give this to so and so you know yeah, what I mean yeah. Like, so did I, you get a lot of that yes oh that first tour and that's okay those people they don't know you know a, a lot of people especially then <laughs> didn't know that anything bad had gone on yeah but, yeah yeah oh man speaking of you know having some integrity and taking the high road those those moments were tough because people would they'd come after a show can you please give this to Jarrett what am I going to say to that, you know, yeah. eighteen-year-old girl or whatever? Yeah. No, fuck that guy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm not going to do that. Well, kudos, man. Kudos <laughs> for biting your lip and taking the high road. Thank you very much. Um, let's go down a more positive road. Yeah, now. let's go. Uh, Ginger Wildheart, tell me about yeah. your friendship with him, where that began, and really what it's brought to your creative life as much mm. as your your personal life, because your two sensibilities as songwriters are very similar. Mm. It's kind of very cheap trick, classic mm. rock influence, you know, super melodic, and on paper ma- makes absolute sense. Mm. And then when he got up on stage with you at the Brooklyn Bowl and, mm. you know, you jammed out together, I was like, this is two worlds just meant to coexist. I, Tell us about the ginger story. Yeah, so I totally agree. I found like have I, a bite of this cheese yeah, sandwich. Yeah, eat that, that cheese sandwich. Well before it goes bad. We, you know, I think we should tell people that we're recording this podcast in our van. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made you a cheese sandwich. You know, delicious oh. as well. Thank you, Mickey. <laughs> and Mickey and Rob have been patiently just audience to this yeah. whole thing. I can't wait uh, for them to um, critique my <laughs> people on vacation. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, you should have said this. You definitely shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and I got to say, they, Rob and Mickey have stuck right there with me through this whole thing. There was a point where I was just like, guys, 
here's what's happened. Can you stick with me? You know, you've seen it. And here we are. So I, mm. I, I am very, very lucky to have these guys here with me still. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, so the ginger thing is pretty funny. He was at a party at a friend's house and they were doing the thing where you pass your phone around. Like, listen to this song, listen to this song, listen to this song. And somebody put one of my songs on. And I guess he just kind of stopped the room. Like, hold on, everybody. What song went, was it? Yeah, it's a song called, yeah, I do know now, uh, Four Letter Verb, uh-huh. which was from yeah, that yeah. first solo a- of uh, album. Dude, I know your stuff. All right. Come on. Okay. <laughs> um, I still, it's funny because I'm older now, but I still feel like this new, you know, young band. It's mm-hmm. funny. Well, the leap's massive, and we'll get onto that in a minute. Between the two albums, the leap for me of songwriting, this one's so personal, this yeah. new one. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously underlying sadness in there, although mm. the sound is still very cheery mm. and very pop. Oh, bloody, I'm getting excited. Um, is that cheese sandwich? It's Yeah, getting my dairy <laughs> buzz on. There's, there's definite, like, um, you can hear the pain and the personality shine through in this one, and it makes cool. for a more mature, deep, profound listen. I think. Good. Well, thank you very intention? much. Yes, one hundred percent. Feels like a band. It feels like me. It doesn't feel like you know. I'm trying to sound like anybody else, or it's just what this band sounds like to me. Um, with the ginger thing. Uh, so we heard that song at a at a party, right? And uh, then he tweeted about it. This is the world we live in. I think now. I saw that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then somebody was like, did you know Ginger Wildheart is tweeting about your song? And I went, you know, no. And he didn't even tag me. If somebody else wouldn't have said something, I never would have known. Um, so I, you know, replied to it and copied him. And then before I knew it, he was emailing me just like, um, you want to come on tour? And who does that now? Nobody does that now. No one. We spoke about this the last time I saw you, but Ginger's someone for me who's always supported new music and he's always brought new bands through, taken them out on tour, shouted about them, you know, in the press. He's always done that, and he's the last of a kind in many ways because 
a lot of the other people who still do that aren't quite on a level where they have a huge following or mm -hmm. their opinion really counts mm -hmm. and they're really respected. Yeah. Ginger's someone who everyone, you know, the industry themselves respect Ginger's musical opinions because yeah. they know that he's been around forever and he's, you know, he's played with Slash and Courtney Love. And, I know. You know he's, he's not just some dude down the pub. Like, I know. You should, he tells stories sometimes and we've become just really great friends. His stories are out of this world. He Can you tell you about the Thai jail story? You heard that one? Yes. Okay, and then, but he'll drop a name in a story like that, right? This, uh, this isn't literally from that story, but just as an example, he'll drop a name like you know, and then Alice said this or whatever, and you realize ten minutes later that he was talking about Alice Cooper, and it's just like he this he doesn't even think about it. It's just his friend Alice, or he's you know, a rock star, man. Yeah, he's a rock star. I know he really is. He's the real deal for sure. Um, but so that's how that tour came about. Is he literally stuck to his word and delivered on his promise and just took yeah. you out? Well, yeah, after that we started, like, um, just messaging and emailing back and forth, realized we had a lot in common. Um, I, I have to be honest, I knew um, Vanilla Radio. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's that's really the it. Only one. I knew that one, and then I had heard um, Honor with Courtney Love. Great song. Great, great song. So yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, cool guitar tone. Oh, his guitar stuff is just unreal. Um, so, so you then got to as an like a fully formed adult with a whole musical vocabulary. You got to go in and explore and discover the wild hearts. One hundred percent. What a unique position uh, yeah, to be in because yeah. most people get that stuff early on. And yeah, I that's a whole minefield of gold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that song? Sky Chaser High. I think it's stuff like that. I, I had never heard it before, and just really, he probably thought I was just kissing his ass. But the, in those first few emails, I was like, oh my god, I did some digging. Actually, he probably went like, who is this guy? He doesn't know my songs. You know what I mean? Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really meant it, you know, and we just, we became great friends pretty quick. Um, we have some similar struggles in our personal lives. and um, With we, the industry or? No, with... Uh, More with the brain. The brain, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just have some similar struggles there. There, Lots of people have them. Um, but... Uh, that we bonded over that fairly early because uh, he was having a bad day or something, and I was being, you know, very American and excited at an email. And his response was pretty quick, and I just asked him if he was okay. And then before we knew it, we had kind of done some music bonding and some personal life bonding. And then we went on tour. We had the best time. We, um, me and the guys, just fit in really well in that world. Um, that audience is a really music-loving, music-appreciating audience. They're not necessarily there just to be like, I was there. Like, they want to experience that. They're curious about the set list. You know, it's, I love that. They're I, the best fans you can hope to get as a musician, as an so artist. So lucky, yeah. Because they'll buy everything. They'll yes. go to all the shows. Yeah. And as you say, it's because of a genuine hunger and interest in mm. music. Yes. And um, we just felt like, because we, we still had people, you know, a handful of people maybe only 50 to 100 or whatever come to the shows to see us um, but then the rest of the room was Wild Hearts fans or Ginger fans and um, I just I, I knew after the first show like we found our audience we found even if we're getting half the people here um, this is the type of crowd that we're going to do well with and it's proven very true and really exceeded any expectations I had. Have you noticed a sizable leap between the last tour which I came to see you on which is when like 
a year and a half ago yeah, now when yeah, I saw you at the Sunflower Lounge in Birmingham yeah. was the Birmingham date yeah. and have you noticed a sizable leap because of post Wild Hearts tour now the, the new solo tour is like you're playing bigger venues there's more people there uh, I haven't noticed a sizable leap but what I have noticed is instead of a room full of familiar faces now it's a room full of new faces wow yeah great yeah yeah and that feels incredible because they're singing all the songs and there was definitely a time where I could come over here and be like I know you I know you and there's still some of that of course especially at some of the smaller shows but um, it just feels like we're part of this really cool family over here this musical support group kind of family thing and um, Ginger really scooped us up kind of in a cool way at a very important time for this band uh, and has kind of given us a kick in the ass um, to a whole new level of opportunities and people and he's great because he does this thing a lot of people kind of like the radio thing right um, some people don't want you to be successful or they want the success for themselves or they're jealous of your success or whatever Ginger does this great thing where he just kind of casts the like, proverbial net out into the world and then just brings people together constantly musicians artists um, just regular music loving people and then and just characters sometimes people yes, you don't even know yeah, what they do absolutely and and, like, yeah. I like that guy yeah who are you let's be <laughs> friends yeah and he's constantly just kind of bringing people together in that way and he'll even go oh you know who you should work with and he'll email somebody and loop them in and you know um, he's a facilitator he is yeah. yeah he is he is and rare that is so rare in today's world he took the darkness out on their first tour and helped I, them. I knew they were kind of friends. I didn't know that. Yeah, he like wow. he's done it with so many people over the years. Fascinating guy. Yes. I haven't had him on this yet. I intend to. Let's um, do that. Uh, hey, I do have a question because you made me think about it. Yeah. And, um, I'm just darkness. Yeah. You're fine. Um, Foxy Shazam. Do you know this band? Do I ever? We've spoken about them briefly. Okay, maybe. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I just had a moment. Cover and you were like, oh, yeah, because. Uh, they toured with the darkness yes i guess which is how a lot of people over here know of them mm-hmm. um i found out about them through john feldman who produced the self-titled okay. album yeah. which yeah. is the best one yeah um i think and i like um, the second one do you really i do the uh, uh, welcome to the church of rock and roll really right you but prefer that, that really i do um just because there's uh, a little more for me comedy in that one yeah that well you... that's the one that justin produced okay cool that's yeah. what i thought yeah, yeah okay yeah. yeah but that first one you can't some of those songs, man. It's so good. You can't get them out of your head. Um, the one about the music industry up here on the second floor. Yes. Talking about, he's talking about like bird shit on the window and he yeah, shuffles yeah. over. Yeah. Um, Fantastic band. Yeah. What's They're the gone now, right? Because you picked up a load yes. of their like merch last minute. Didn't they have like some last minute? Yeah. Everything got... must go clearance sale. <laughs> yeah, and you're did. like, I'm sweeping in there my <laughs> yeah. credit card. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a hoodie, a t-shirt. to me. Yeah. And I did. I spent a lot of money. It's ridiculous. A kick-ass band. So good. And you got to try and get them back together somehow. And I know. Go out with them. I know. Oh. I could. That's you know. There are certain bands I would never ever want to play after. That is one of them. Never. And even if we're lucky enough to have success and big success, still, I would never want to go on after that band. 
Unbelievable live. Justin was talking to me from the darkness about taking them out as a support band, and he's like, you know, no other bands do it because they're pussies. <laughs> I actually had a friend who went to that show, watched Foxy Shazam, and then did leave. And my friend Loz was like, the darkness aren't even on yet. Why are you going? He's like, I came here to see Foxy Shazam. <laughs> the best band, man. So here we go. I want to go through some of the tracks on the new album and just, okay. just sort of get into a bit yeah. of... Um, songwriting discussion some of the songs on here man i mean smarter is just album opening right there that's your life right that's the yeah. last couple of years of yeah essentially what's been happening your growth and yeah and it just kind of touches on i kind of i have like a i weird... don't know how comfortable you are by the way with dissecting your music whether you're one of those people who doesn't like no, to give I don't up care. okay cool. Yeah, let's talk about whatever yeah can i just say i'm having a great time thanks this is the best good um I feel like, uh, you know, you should invoice me for therapy a little bit afterwards, <laughs> but I'm just having the best Well, I like time. to try and just make it more like a hang and just a chat, you yeah. know? I, I obviously like to ask questions, and I mm. do want to be an interviewer yeah. and get certain information out of you, but I want you to just kick back and feel comfortable. And I love it. When we're in our van, you're eating a cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Who says rock and roll ain't glamorous, baby? This cheese sandwich is good, though. <laughs> good. Yeah, so smarter... Um, when I was a teenager, I was terrible, ab just abusing alcohol and drugs and just like any combination. I wanted to see what certain things did with this. Let's see what happens if I take this and drink this. It was not smart. I'd never had you down as that kind of guy. I know you like to drink, but yeah, you seem for me too sane. Yeah, well. And undamaged. Well, I take the right medication now, but right. at the time I didn't know anything was wrong with me. So I was just like, I just felt a little off. Um, so you wanted to just get out of your own head yep. and find peace mm -hmm. with, with certain mixtures of yeah. which which worked for you, which really didn't, or did it all not work at all? Um, some people I know just find weed like the most. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, whereas I was the opposite. Weed for me is like the worst drug. It makes me paranoid and yeah, almost borderline schizophrenic. Like it's horrible. It has the, a really bad effect on some me. Some people are like that. It's, that's interesting. I did the worst drug experience I've ever had in my life was um, some people laced some pot with cocaine, and I was like, "It's, it's the best." It's like you know, and if you really think about it, that's Just smoking crack basically. Yeah, and you have this really mellow um, body experience, and but then you feel like your heart is going to explode. <laughs> oh yeah, because you've got the two things <laughs> yes. at once. Yeah, oh, it's a was, horrible mixture. I thought I was having a heart attack. I got really sick. Mm. It was the worst, but um, I feel mellow. But then, we'll yeah, oh my god! <laughs> so don't mix cocaine and Do cannabis, not, kids. Man, um, I mean, music seems the music biz. Cocaine seems to be the drug of choice in mm. in this industry. And what's funny is often people are like drug snobs, mm. and if they find out, like my favorite drugs are magic mushrooms. <laughs> okay, straight cool. up, just yeah. because they're natural yeah. and there's something you know just ancient about yeah, them and yeah. i think that they really like they show you a whole new way of looking at the world yeah i think they're a beautiful thing yeah. i very rarely do them because like anything you can't you know if you overindulge then you're gonna yeah. you're gonna go down a dangerous path but you, you mentioned perhaps the idea of doing hallucinogenics to certain mm. people and they're mm. like what they look at you like you're scum but then they're happy <laughs> yeah. to go to the bathroom and carve up a line of coke <laughs> yeah I and know. you're like do you know where that's been <laughs> yeah what's in that yeah like the process of methodology <laughs> yeah and then you you don't really ever really know with that one, but no. with the mushroom thing, you, it just came from the dirt. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> the mushroom thing is funny because I like a good night's sleep, right? And that is not conducive to no, that no. at all. No. Um. <laughs> what a great talk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the song though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. 
Yeah, so smarter is really about that, like being old enough to know better. Um, a what lot medication do you take now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so I started taking Effexor, a drug called Effexor, when I was 18. Um, I have since moved on to a combination of herbal supplements, which aren't they don't quite do it. Right. But I didn't like the idea. But they're a lot better for you. Yes, and I didn't like the idea of um, if I didn't take Effexor one day, you know, or two. It takes like I think 24 hours to really get out of your system. I was just I couldn't do anything. I was like laying down on the couch all day. So I wanted to find a way to kind of find some middle ground so i found this really great combination of um an herb called saint john's wort but i have to take a lot of that like a really heavy dose of that and a few other vitamins and things that work uh pretty good but i i'm now i've been dealing with it for man almost 15 years so you can tell like i kind of wake up feeling a certain way i'm like okay this is gonna be one of those days i'm gonna have to kind of grit my teeth a little bit but i'll be okay and what just take extra medication or no i take the same i just know yeah i just know it's going to be a little more difficult but um i found out that i had a serotonin deficiency i didn't even know what that was um it's like the fuse in my brain is kind of it shorts sometimes it doesn't send the signal across to tell me to be happy um so yeah affects her helps your body produce serotonin a bit like ecstasy yeah there you go there's a drug i did once and will never do again really? and, he, and not because i had a terrible experience because i had so the good. best experience ever and i knew and somebody told me it's like taking ice cream scoops out of the brain yeah that's a good it. analogy yeah uh, it's a powerful uh drug isn't it yeah but man, we had a great time. That yeah, night. <laughs> yeah. But it's called ecstasy for a reason. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was in college. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, it's smarter. So now being older, um, that it, that song is kind of about the last however long. But it's it, to me, it also is a reflection on being a dumb teenager and doing those drugs. Yeah. I love it. It's a great way to start the album. Then you sort of know that you're on board for this personal journey. Cool. And I like the way that your journey and your band's journey is very much as much about the people who are coming to your shows Mm. and who are on that journey with you Mm -hmm. and the live shows are very much this communal experience aren't they and you're you're always bringing people in and you know you're for me and i'm not just kissing your ass um you go to so many shows and people just play the songs and you're like i came to a live show for a live experience something that was specific and unique distinctive to that night that you couldn't recreate if I went to see you in the next town it'd be a totally Mm. different thing your shows are really like that there's always a huge air of unpredictability obviously everyone has their stock phrases and you know you do you recycle some stuff because everyone does but I always know because I've seen you a few times now you're gonna there was one gig where I was even in the crowd shouting from the back of the the room at you at the Sunflower Lounge yeah yeah Yeah. and you would just you just roll with whatever's happening in the moment and I really love that about Ryan Hamilton shows is it's always a new experience every time thanks man yeah and now we live in the world of Twitter right so I my goal every night is to have a show that's different every night first of all musically um, different kind of set lists change things here and there but also conversation wise let's bring some people in let's, if you open it up to those opportunities you're guaranteeing a unique experience but now with Twitter I like to see if we have I know we did a good show if people have created a hashtag from the night before nice. like yeah one was uh, fake Dave hashtag fake Dave because in Birmingham this guy was out 
and we didn't know it, but we started talking to this guy from the stage. He was out with someone maybe he shouldn't have been, and his wife was at home, right? <laughs> so we start this exchange. We start this exchange, and I, and I go, and everybody's laughing, and because um, I asked him who he was here with. And anyway, it led to this thing where I said, uh, oh, I, I love you, man. What's your name? And he goes, uh, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so hashtag fake, fake Dave. Dave was born. Amazing. Yeah, and moments that's, like that, yeah. That's so, um, you, that's a level of depth that you just don't find at nine out of every ten shows, which is a real shame. I agree. It should be, music is a thing for people to experience together. And a lot of artists want it to be, you know, me, me, me. Slick as well. But that too, yeah, that's, yeah, that too. But they want it to be like, pay attention to me for two hours or whatever, and then I'll see you next time. That's not why music was brought into this world. That's what people started playing music together for a reason. You know, it's meant to be experienced that way. Um, unless it's like a Pink Floyd laser sh- show, you know what I mean. And you're still experiencing that together. Take it in. Yeah, but there, that's a performance that is meant to be experienced that way on a sensory level. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Do you ever get nervous at this stage in your career? Ever? I'm nervous for tonight. Actually, are you really? Yeah, and I rarely get nervous. Why? Because it's just such a like beautiful setting. Yeah, it's in a church, and um, we have quote industry people. Right, right. We've got we have their attention again, and this is the third time in my career where I've had those types of people's attention. Um, and those moments can be fleeting, can't they? Yes. And they can be over before you know it. So you really do have to seize, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. The opportunities whilst they're there. Yes, and I. Um, I just really feel like, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big fighter. I've been in very few fights in my life. But musically and performance-wise, to me it feels like a fist fight. It really does. I want to but in a I want to make you laugh and have the best night ever kind of a way. You yeah. talk about fist fighting in this hidden track on the album though. Uh, yeah, dear. You're yeah. like, "Come on, bring it on." <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I let's mean, go. This is what's that to do with the whole like troll thing cuz you you were basically I mean, you can set the scene maybe and just give it a better introduction than I'm about to, but were you basically on the receiving end of a lot of virtual bullying? Mm-hmm. Three years. Three full years. Of emails. Right. And um, we had to get the authorities involved. I'll give you the short-ish version. Um, I thought they were random emails from all these different people who had decided that I was terrible because I left people on vacation. Right. Um, and that I was a, like a talentless... Uh, just. It was very pointed and attacking and scary. They called my wife a whore. They, they, you know, said something about um, there's a reason the only two people on this planet who can stand you are your own parents. And, you know, yeah, it was just wow. like, whoa. <laughs> so um, we had to get the authorities involved. And um, is the case settled? Yeah, but like only a legal because thing I'm. Yeah. you can't talk about cases whilst they're going on, right? It's settled now, but right. it, only because I made him call me on the phone. Right. And I was like, I'm just, just tell him to call. I want him to apologize to me, and I won't press charges. And the reason that I didn't is because I found out he was a husband and a father of two young girls. So uh, he was going to lose his job and maybe go to jail. Right. Um, because what he did was, was super illegal. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like some 12 year old kid, because that's what it sounds uh, like the behavior of. No. Someone who definitely was old enough to know a lot better. Yeah, they walked. They showed me pictures of his um, office, and it looked like something out of a murder mystery movie. <laughs> Seriously, it was just plastered with pictures. And pictures like, of you with your eyes cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but it was it was a creepy scene yeah. for sure. 
Um, wow. But yeah, that that experience. I was already very anti-bullying anyway because, um, like, because like we started bullshit. talking about. The, yeah, yeah. Like we started talking about at the beginning. I grew up in a place where. Um, football, football, sports, you know, nah, Texas man, you know, like that kind of thing. And nah, uh, Texas uh, man. Yeah, that's right. That kind of thing. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I never quite fit in all the way and experienced my fair share of bullying, um, as did our drummer Mickey. So this band was already very anti-bullying and had personal experiences. But that particular situation took it to a whole new level. I didn't know you could experience something like that as an adult as mm. somebody like in their 30s yeah it's a really unique yeah. thing actually not in a good way either yeah so um i just yeah i already couldn't stand it i'm already very like pro be yourself don't let any of these idiots ruin your day because you know which is pretty much the lyrics isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song um i actually sent it to ginger first as a joke really i was just like i, I sent him and the message was like uh can I get away with this? Like, are people going to buy this coming from me? And he convinced me. He was like, oh, it's so much fun. you got to do it. Um, and I don't know if you do know this, but Ginger plays guitar on the whole record. Does he? Because I was going to ask, who's doing the solo on Heavy Heart? Uh, Ginger does every solo. It, some stuff has been um, just a couple of little spots replayed, but it's Ginger's parts being replayed just for production stuff. Mm -hmm. Dave Draper did a little thing here and there. But yeah, it's all Ginger's parts. Ginger's playing. Um, he did that, and but that particular song, the hidden track, he really goes to town on like this Chuck Berry, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. wicked. Do you play so, that yeah. live? Um, well, this is an acoustic tour. I know this one is, yeah. But yes, we've been doing it acoustic. It's hilarious. Have you? Yeah, it's just like it's the last song. So you're going to be dropping all those f bombs in that church. Tonight. I am. We're going to be at a church, and I'm going to be. Um, How do you feel about that? Does that I weird you out? Weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing. I'm standing. I'm sure you'll a make a thing of it. Yeah, I will tonight. Well, and then we. One of our songs has a, uh, a sing along part, and it's "See You Next Tuesday." Yeah, of course. It's so. I mean, that's all right because yeah, you're not I'm going to have saying this, the word. Yeah, sweet little. Um, cunty sing-along in the church <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> and finally ryan i guess we okay. could just wrap it up because we've done we've done 90 minutes there wow and i could do another 90 but you want to chill out know. before the show yeah and, um i just want to talk to you about the uk really because mm. you've obviously got a very unique relationship with this with this, you know this country mm. your wife's from here your bandmates are from here mm. it seems like a large part of your career is centered and focused on this mm. territory, mm. as it were. Um, how do you identify with the UK? In what ways? What's special about it? And what do you like? I just, I love it here. I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is to have success at home in America and then that success go away and then find it somewhere brand new where nobody really knows who you are. Um, in America, I'll probably always be the guy that used to sing and smile, smile. Um, but I, UK, the UK and Scotland, I have to say, because I get in trouble. Well, Scotland is in the United Kingdom. I, I, I know, but the, oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? England, yeah. Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Have you played Ireland? Once. Once. That's, okay. Yeah. And so it, Ireland kind of not yet been conquered, but yeah. Wales got really sick on the ferry. Is Wales a Wales at one time Cardiff? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're really talking England and Scotland for yes. now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Um, Let's just say the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the UK gave me a second chance at music when I thought I had given it my best and it didn't quite work. Um, so I'm forever grateful. And uh, my bandmates are from here. You know what I mean? This is like we get to have a hometown show in the, in the UK. My wife is from Newcastle. So is she with you on this run? She's not on this no. one. She just got basically her dream job at home and she had just started it so she couldn't quite leave it yet um she's working at an animal shelter in fort worth she loves it uh i love this country for that for the second chance that it's given me but also because i'm fascinated by it Mm -hmm. the language uh so many words we don't use in america definitely the c word it still feels really wrong coming out of my mouth on uh, being funny on a podcast or whatever. Um, and then things like dogging and, um, hmm. uh, yeah, like I just well, don't, you do, you do I can't like get a, it. Here's what I learned on this tour kind of uh, rundown yeah, of, yeah. of words at each show, right? Yeah. What, what's been the new ones on this one? Um, twat basket. <laughs> Is that a thing? Twat? I, I probably said it wrong. So basically combinations of insults. Yeah. So now people are so like hybrids. combining words. I've yeah, heard yeah. them all now. So they're yeah. like bringing me another cockwomble. Yeah. That is that a thing? I, I, I can believe it to be Cock that. Cockwomble. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think those are the two most recent ones that I've been like, what in the world? That's, that can't be real. Um, so With yeah. the regional accents shouting them out. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You know? you know, I can't understand people better now, which is an accomplishment, um, especially up north. <laughs> and you did both albums in Scotland, right? No, I actually just did... Um, this this new one okay. in Scotland, um, but um, you're not the first person to ask me that, so I must have said somewhere like back in Scotland recording. Yeah, or something. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the UK will forever have a special place in my heart, just because of everything that's happened the last few years. Uh, Do you think you'd ever move here? We've talked about it. It gets difficult because of or the would dogs. You miss home. I would miss my family and I would miss home, um, but I would love to live here. Does Holly miss home, or does she? She does love being in the states. Is she happy there? She likes being in Texas. She's from Newcastle, and it's really warm in Texas all the time. So I think she loves that. Yeah, she yeah. can like go swimming. Yeah, the wet and wild in Newcastle is indoors, which is weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> you got a water park indoors. That's not how it should be. <laughs> and there's probably a used condom floating downstream. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No offense, Newcastle. No offense, yeah, They're probably you proud know of I'm that. Right. You yeah. know I'm right. Uh-huh. Um, I, I guess any sort of like personal future plans. Are you just working on the the music thing, getting that going on? I mean, you're yeah. already married. I mean, ne- yeah. naturally, of course, the next step is perhaps little mini Hamiltons. Yeah. Is that something you've discussed? What a or waste of time that would be. we don't know we haven't talked about it yet maybe someday right now um i mean i'm not getting any younger i i'm trying to give this like one last really big push it looks like things are really starting to happen singles on the radio now and hopefully getting picked up by some bigger stations um so we're in a really good spot to really do something here and just i just want to establish this band and be able to tour a few times a year and sell enough records where this is our life and our livelihood. You know, I don't need to be uh, Beyonce or Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in that, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to be able... I, you know what? I'd love to be Ginger Wildheart. Just give me that, and I'll be happy. And I, I feel like we're well on our way. 
you know good chat dude thanks for your yeah, time yeah man Really, Thanks for uh, really giving us the lowdown on all the, you know, crazy chapters Drama. of the story so far. Yeah. My girlfriend was telling me earlier on, she was like, your podcast is becoming, you should rename it Rock Feuds. So I was talking to Nicola Vieri the other night about him and Josh Homme and their relationship. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get in the middle of the wrong thing one day and it's yeah. going to backfire. But um, no, I just appreciate the honest conversation and yeah. um, thanks for opening up. And My pleasure. And good luck with everything, man. And uh, good luck getting on radio too. That's That for me is where you guys, I think, musically should aim for is yeah. that and you know not to sort of say that you're not a young person's band because mm-hmm. you are very much yeah. but i think that there's there's a depth to your songwriting that goes beyond that kerrang world with mm-hmm. all due respect to kerrang yeah. i still have love in my heart for that company mm-hmm. but i feel like you guys have that sort of classic rock tom petty yeah. thing going on in a contemporary yeah way i agree and i would we got our and that's got to be a hope of yours right is yeah. to kind of tap into that market of yeah. like We've People got our like foot. Mac and- yeah, yeah. We've got our foot kind of in the door there. So all we need to do is kind of wedge it open and get all the way in. You know how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. It is. it is. As long as you like love the bandmates you're with and love the music you're making, those challenges. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. I've never experienced it, but I can imagine mm-hmm. they're exciting. They are. It's, I, and I'm, I'm better than I was when I was younger, but I'm very impatient. So I get excited, but then I, you know. I call Mickey at whatever, 7 a.m. in the morning before I've had my coffee. Why the fuck are we on the radio? You know? <laughs> have you done today's Jimmy Fallon tweet? <laughs> no, but Can I have Can you do it right now and we'll sign off with that? On. I'll show you something. <laughs> so Ryan, for the benefit of everyone listening to this, if you don't follow Ryan on Twitter, is every day he tweets Jimmy Fallon and says, what's up, Jimmy? Yeah, when am I coming the on the show? And then you hashtag each day, don't you, so you can keep a track yourself yeah. on how many days in a row you've been tweeting him. So I want to show you this. You can't see it on radio or podcast, obviously. But I have reminders every single day. An oh alarm. My, oh my! I do have an alarm and a calendar that says, tweet Jimmy Fallon, don't forget. That's amazing. Can yeah. we tweet him right now? We'll we end the podcast can, on that moment. Yeah, if I can get on the Wi-Fi here. Just, um, but I may not be able to. Uh, yeah, but you, you can, if Mickey, you want to. Use Mickey as your personal hotspot. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> He'd love that, actually. <laughs> um just in case this takes a few minutes, though, if you want to wrap it up, just know that this tweet is it's happening. It's, it's happening right now, literally. I love it. I, don't, I know that. Um, free Wi-Fi, Camden Guest. I tried to get on Camden Guest. Welcome to the world of a touring musician from America and the United Kingdom. Your Wi-Fi is um, something else. Yeah, Wi-Fi as a whole, I think it doesn't matter where you are. Dude, try going to Cuba. <laughs> try get me now. <laughs> Cuba? There ain't no such thing as Wi-Fi yeah, there. I got it. I went there for Christmas. It's actually really nice. I was offline for 10 days straight. Not a single second on the internet. No? No, it was, it was lovely. It was really refreshing. And I, I go to South Padre Island every summer, and it's the same. I know I'm not talking right at the microphone right now, but it's the same thing. There's not really... Um, I'm doing this Wi-Fi right now. There's not really any Wi-Fi there, and you're forced to engage yeah in the real world rightly so <laughs> yeah okay Are you um, um do you ever play any people on vacation songs is that done we've played one on this entire tour what's the one about fishing little fish lonely fish that's one of my favorite songs yeah. ever i love that song it's a silly it's a little great, song it's a but great a lot, song. i like it too actually um yeah, sorry i'm tweeting jimmy fallon right now what's, <laughs> i need what's just the, read out what you send to him and then we'll log off i just want to end okay, it okay yeah Let's do... And then you um, need to let me know if and when the time comes when he hits you back with the invitation. Because he's got to see it, right? It's got to get to a certain point, and he'll go, this guy again. 
Yeah, I'm going to copy Persistence, you. man. I'm yeah, copy, copy me in. It. Copy me in. Okay, here we go. Anything you want to say? Because I know we got the attention of their show, but it's only like a, you know, probably some assistant. That's like, What's my favorite skit that he's done? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and waste too many more of your characters. Just give him a little uh, rock fist from Matt. Okay, daily tweet to Lo- Jimmy Fallon. Love your shit, Jimmy. Try. Love your shit. <laughs> trying to make... I say the same thing every time. Trying to make my dream <laughs> of playing this night show come true. Fist bump <laughs> from Matt Stark. Love it. What, what if that was the one that got you on there? Well, <laughs> we'll then you're coming to you're coming to New York whenever yes. we're on there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got any plans for the rest of this year after this tour? If you want to shoehorn in any uh, you know like promo stuff now, if you've got anything to tease or. Um. Yeah. So I think we're gonna come. I know we're gonna come back later in the year for a rock and roll tour. Um. I don't know exactly when yet, but things are. Yeah in a position where we can do that I think we'll sell a bunch of tickets I think it'll be a lot of fun so Wicked. yeah we're gonna come back I thought um, that was an instant reply from Jimmy Fallon no. <laughs> it's, it's on <laughs> it's my wife will you send me your flight info <laughs> I should probably do that uh, Ryan thanks so much for a great chat dude Man, all the best thank and, you uh, I really enjoyed see you this see back here soon yeah alright thanks Matt I need a tall glass of water and a sleeping pill looking forward to a whole lot of nothing and some time to Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.